Welcome everybody. I am here with the Patrick Duty. Patrick Fire. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Very good. So it's been a while since I've seen you. I know. It was good uh, catching up on the last 10 years of our life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Almost. So we played together back in 20, that must have been 2012. Jesus. Yeah, between between it, you're pro college. probably your freshman year of college year of college yeah. summer yeah, yeah. right i think i was going into my sophomore year gotcha yeah okay cool well usually what i do with these is i i pretty much uh i'd like to know what i'd like to do is ask how did you start getting in soccer oh man i think kind of like well it's probably different now i mean nowadays Feel like children have to pick what sport they want to play right away yeah um i started playing probably when i was in five years old four years old uh -huh. um for some local community team the classic like you have the green jersey and the yeah. yellow jersey you play in the gym yeah the church yeah. or something like that exactly uh, yeah exactly um, and you're going from that to basketball to baseball to whatever <laughs> as a kid you just do whatever your parents kind of like no doubt put you in. yeah um Okay. But what's cool is I love I, I loved it. I love sports, and then I'd say over time, as I kept kind of stopped playing one sport, soccer was kind of the one where no matter what, I was like, well, I'm not gonna I'm gonna keep playing soccer. Gotcha. You know, maybe I'll stop playing tennis for now, but I'm okay. gonna soccer stay. Okay. So that's kind of how that went. Gotcha. So you, you played tennis at New York as well? Did you I get, played it all, man. Yeah, baseball. Tennis, ten yeah, tennis, tennis is more seasonal. Uh, baseball, basketball, though, I loved. Cool. Those were travel sports for me. Cool. Played high school hoops a little bit. Um, that was the last one to go down before before soccer. High school basketball. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, the fire academy wasn't too pumped about that. <laughs> so, I passed that. Yeah, so fire academy, I think when we were younger, fire academy was something that kind of just was getting started. Mm -hmm. uh, it was fairly new for us, and we were probably like 12, 13 years old when, yeah. we, when it first started. Um, so how did how did you get into that? And did you play club soccer before that? Yeah, I was doing, yeah, club soccer, travel soccer, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then the, the academy started. Gotcha. It was sweeping the nation and... Everyone was like, what is, what is this? Um, Chicago Fire got an academy. Magic had an academy. Sure. A few of the bigger clubs in Illinois got an academy. Right. Um, and I think I was playing for the fire club team at the time. Okay. So like fire juniors. Fire juniors, yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, tried out for academy and, you know, made that team and started rolling with that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Very good. So, uh, so Fire Academy, obviously that dynamic, uh, or that environment rather, is, was super competitive as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that was... I mean, they pretty much brought all the best kids together and put them in, into, one, into one group there. Yeah, I mean, looking back at it, I guess for... I think I was... So I, admit, I didn't do the first year Academy because the, the hoops. Gotcha. Um, but the, by the time I started Academy, I think I was a, a sophomore in high school. Uh, that was like the second or third year of academy. Um, looking back on it, it definitely was the cream of the crop in terms of talent. Yeah. Yeah. Which you don't really notice at the time. You're just going to play. Yeah. Um, but when I look back at where a lot of those guys ended up, um, 
you realize like yeah. they were good players. Like, it was, it all was, those kids ended up somewhere. It was a solid group. There right. was a number of D1 players, sure. a good amount of professionals. Um, so yeah, I think I think now being more removed from it, I cherish it a bit more, like sure. everything. Right. Um, but yeah, Fire Academy that was a uh, that was it was super competitive. Um, but they uh, they did a lot to, to get players to the next level, which you know at the end of the day that was that was their job, and they they did a good job of that. That's a that's a good point there. So like for parents that are watching. What what do you think they did differently that like really helped your group of kids? My parents, those or, the the environment there, the coaches there with that group. Yeah. What were they doing differently that? They just they 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 just decided to take what travel soccer was, and they just took it to a new level. Okay. I mean that's really the best way I can put it. Okay. Um, they when academy came around, especially with the fire, the point of the academy was. You want to get a kid when he's 16, and then hopefully by the time he's 20 or whatever, he's you know potentially getting ready to sign with the first team. Sure. Um, so that that was that was the mindset. Uh, I think sometimes parents can get a little too wrapped into that. Um, okay. I would agree with you, especially in the teenage years, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I'm really grateful that. My parents kind of let me do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Because uh, you can't force a kid to love soccer or see, any sport. See, I feel that that is like a real... For the, for the guys that I talk to that make it big, right? It seems like it's a reoccurring thing that the parents were hands-off in a way, but totally. like extremely, extremely supportive. Yes. You know? Yeah. As a, I mean, I'm asserting that's what you're talking about, right? 100%. I mean, they... Uh, it's a lot of sacrifice doing that. I mean, you have to miss dances and blah blah blah, which sure, family stuff, birthdays. Yeah, family stuff, sure. birthdays, and again, it, it's a uh, you just can't. The kid has to love it. Right. The parents can't because they're not the ones doing it. They're right. the ones driving, I guess, <laughs> up till the kid turns sixteen or whatever. But um, I pro I just I saw it too many times where I just would I would and I would talk to my parents about it as a. 16, 17 year old. I didn't even know anything, but I was like, man, you know, I just feel bad for that kid because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be here. Yeah. Um, but his parents are under the impression that if he keeps doing this, he's going to end up D one and get their scholarship and blah blah. And it just, yeah, maybe it'll work out that way a few times. Right. Um, but who? What are you doing it then for? Yeah. Exactly. The kid, the, the kid and you, you should know. Yeah. Um, you should know probably. Even you probably will know before. I remember. I felt like after like eighth grade, that's kind of when, you know, a good amount of guys and girls would start to drop off. Yes. They're like, you know what, don't love it anymore. Yep. And then after that next few couple of years, it's like, you know what, don't love it anymore. Right. Um, but that's where the friction comes, because yeah. that's where I think the parents are really starting to push. Right. Uh, so as great as the academy is, it, it, the, the perfect system is when you have the academy wanting that, out of the player, mm -hmm. and the player wants it for himself. Right. Not necessarily the parents want it for the player. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents try to control that environment and try to, um, like you said, push it, push a kid down a path that he doesn't want to go down. Yeah. Hey, parents are supposed to push you. I yeah. Mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. No, I, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like uh, I was mailing it in or, 
that, that's not definitely not what I meant by that, but sure. they're pushing you to do well with what you want to do. Right. They're pushing you to, if you love this, keep going for it. Right. Um, but knowing that fine line where it's, they're, you're, you're the one playing. Yeah. You're the one driving an hour and a half after high school to go out training or whatever. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, my parents were, my parents and my group of friends, we had a pretty, uh, pretty I think, unique group of parents that had our backs kind of let us make our decisions. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's unique. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's definitely it's, unique because it's not always that way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, let's let's, let's talk. So you're, you're playing for Academy, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're playing in high school. Yeah. So thankful for that. Yeah? Yeah. How was I, that experience? Oh, it was the best. Yeah. Go Niqua. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do feel bad for the boys today, uh, and I, I get it with where the direction of the game is going. High school versus club type thing. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, and that's that's the way it is. And uh, there's a lot of people higher up than me that I think know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I was lucky enough where I got to do both. Uh, and it was the best. Yeah. I got to play at a, a big high school in Naperville. Um, and then I also played for the academy. I always think about that nowadays. There's probably some kid rolling through Niqua that is just some stud. And he's probably getting college offers and all this stuff, and none of his classmates know about it. Sure. Um, which kind of stinks. Yeah. Uh, where me, I got to experience play for a state championship each year uh-huh. with my buddies, playing in front of our classmates. School. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when that's done, then playing for the academy. So I, I, I think it's I had best of broke worlds. Plus, I had, not to mention, our, my coach in Nico was for two years was a guy named Tony Keats. So okay, okay. He, he's pretty well respected. There you go. Um, but, yeah. And you're lucky. Because, I'm super lucky. Because that's a debate. Yeah. As you know, that's that's one of the main debates uh, for high school kids. Like mm-hmm. high school or club. And, yeah. and um, you know, maybe you don't have a program. Maybe there's a high school out there that doesn't have a program that's as good as Nikola or something mm-hmm. like that. Their parents are really torn because the kid of course. wants to yeah. be in the best environment possible to improve his development, but he doesn't have that high school uh, that, to, that can do it to, to get him there. So um, I think there's pros and cons of both. There is. I mean, 100%. And I think uh, what's unique is our, like my parents' generation, I'm not sure how old your parents are, I'm sure. fairly close. Sure. The thought of not playing high school sports is like foreign to them, because that's what they did. Sure. They didn't have those. That's a good point. They were, you played for your high school, and that was it. Um, so I think there's this, this, it's a, just a tug where it's like, well, of course you're going to play for your high school, but no, because if you're good enough, you're not going to play for your high school anymore. Right. And that really sucks. Yeah. Um, and especially for the guy that, because you're going to be getting told a lot of stuff. And of course. to be a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old freshman in high school to have to make that decision, um, that's tough. I feel bad for those guys. Because just because you choose to play for academy and not your high school doesn't mean you're going to end up playing in college. Exactly. Um, exactly. But that's the pitch you'll get. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I know this from not my personal experience, but I've seen other players where they don't choose high school. And they kind of get like shunned by like yeah. high school coaches or, oh, totally. or people, and they're like, "Oh, you think you're too good for high school?" Yeah. You know, and they're just trying to yeah. make, make the best decision possible. You know, so that I, like you said, I, I feel bad for some of those guys. Yeah, it's it's a, you know it's 
it's kind of a, a crummy situation, um, and I, I shouldn't speak too much on it because sure. I didn't have to make the decision. Right. Uh, but for those kids, you know, I guess just trust your gut. But it really, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, because yeah. everyone's, everyone's different. I had to yeah. do both, and it worked out. Um, but I look back and think now, if that was, if I was put in that spot, what would I do? But it, it's too hard to look at it that way. Because yeah. uh, I was able to do both, and, and it, it was fine. So. Yeah, I think the answer there is keep try to keep it simple, trust your gut, and and usually that uh, that tends to pan out. Yeah, but, um, and hopefully you have, hopefully you have someone on the club side that's honest with you, and someone on the high school side that's honest with you. That's huge. Because at the end of the day, that's their job too. Yeah. Because um, you as the teenager, you shouldn't have to be thinking, all right, if I do this right now, the next my college will be determined. That, right. That's not fair or realistic. Sure. Um, so that's where I think some some uh, some weight needs to be put on those two sides as well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, how did you get picked up for with uh, Indiana? Oh, IU. Yeah, I love it. So you you must have had quite a few offers from colleges here and there, right? Yeah, I had. Uh, yeah, I, had, I they started coming in. It was it was that was a fun time in my life. Looking back on it, me and my Parents had fun talking to the different schools. Visiting. Visiting. Um, you definitely got to feel pretty cool for that day. Sure. Uh, going to a big university. Um, the IU story is great. I love telling people about this because I actually went to an IU soccer camp when I was a freshman in high school. Gotcha. And the after the camp, they like give you a little review on how you did and whatnot. And um, one of the coaches said, "Like, hey, you're, you're hired." <laughs> no, no, the complete opposite. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, "Hey, thanks for coming to camp. Uh, you have a really good right foot. Um, first of all, I have a terrible right foot. I'm as left footed as it comes." And they're like, "You know, we'd love to help talk to some D three schools for you." Hmm. And I was like. Whoa! That's that was like smack in the face, probably. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. So that that's something I always remember uh, thinking about that. Um, so, anyways, whatever. Put put that aside. At the time, I'm like, well, IU's definitely out because um, every kid in the Midwest, especially like IU's kind of the the dream, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, so that dream for that moment was was put to the side. Uh, fast forward to like a year and a half, I visited a few, you know decent amount of schools um, and I was at Wisconsin visiting a a, co- a, a coach by the, by the name of Todd Yagley and like instantly I just was like man this guy we're just hitting it off sure. um, Wisconsin didn't have a great track record in terms of soccer, soccer success right? Uh, but Todd had just gotten there he came from IU was yeah. an IU legend played in the, played in the MLS um, we're hitting it off. It's great. I'm at, just loving the campus, obviously, because it's good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And halfway through my recruiting visit, the IU staff gets released, and Todd's phone is just off the hook the whole time. And I'm like, oh no! Like, is he gonna is he gonna be leaving us? And um, oh, sure enough, over time, you. Todd 
got the IU job. No way. Um, I'm pretty sure this is all public. Hopefully it is. <laughs> Regardless of Todd, Todd we Yagley can, ended up. We can at, double check. Out. Yeah, <laughs> Todd Yagley ended up at IU. Um, so I was kind of torn because I'm like, dang, I really, really felt something good with this guy, uh, and then. Lo and behold, he ended up calling me saying, hey, I'd love for you to visit IU. Wow. And I was like, holy smokes. Um, visited IU, and that was, that was it. That is brilliant. So it's kind of cool when you look at, when you think about my first experience with IU, which was pretty negative to then have a coach then to get that job, want me to play there. Um, and then, you know, I had a pretty good run with IU too, so... That it's it's cool to to reflect on that. It's it's amazing you said that. I was just talking to someone about a similar situation. It was a, a fellow that was playing in the in the USL, and he was bopping around the USL, but he had a really good relationship with this one coach. Okay. It was the same story. And, yeah. and the coach goes on, finds a nice little job, and brings his kid on board. Yeah. And you know, I think that happens a lot. Oh, and, totally. And some whether you're in high school or playing club, you know, and you have this coach, a lot of kids like get discouraged or even parents get discouraged if, if the coach and the kid aren't a good fit. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's funny, all this stuff comes back to what you learn as like little tiny kids, you know, gotta be nice to people, right? be respectful, right? and it's just weird how it's it just applies to so many different situations, sure. where I guarantee you that your buddy that was playing in the USL could have been getting wronged by a lot of people. Sure. And... The second you do that, the second people can start talking, it doesn't matter if it's true or not, if someone hears something bad about you, especially in the world of sports, yeah. you can be burned. Sure. Um, so that's, that's always, it's always something to keep in mind, uh, is even if something doesn't go your way, how you react to it, because it can come back to three, four years later and yeah. end up paying off. Yeah. Because you handled something correctly in, in a tough bout or whatever it is. Okay. Um, so it's, I love I love stories like that, like yeah. buddy, because it, ha it happens. Karma. A lot. It's, it's a karma story. Yeah, you it know? is kind of a karma yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about some IU highlights. So I I got the opportunity. I was at Notre Dame when you guys beat them in the semis. It was probably your junior year or sophomore year. Sophomore year. Sophomore year. The year we won the championship. Exactly. Okay. So um, that was a good day. That was that was a that was a great game. Yeah, that, that was, was fun to watch. Yeah, that's up there with one of the top 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 games. Yeah, I must say I was uh, I was rooting for Notre Dame. That's fair. Bob, my buddy Bobby Novak was. Uh, was yeah, Bob. Yeah, yeah. I so, guarded Bob. Yeah, I think you might have been. Yeah. yeah, you might have been. So I wasn't enjoying that. No, um, he's damn good. <laughs> so highlights of IU. How was that experience? IU was just great. Um, I mean, it's just it's. It's just the best. It's the, it's one of the best schools. Um, one of the most unreal campuses. And then you throw all that together and get to play soccer on top for a, at the time seven-time national championship program. Um, just the legend. I mean, I always tell people that IU soccer is you know UCLA Duke basketball. It's yeah. Alabama football. Sure. It, it is. That's what it is. Right. Um, so getting to wear that jersey was, was super special. Uh, I entered as a left mid. I remember I played left mid my freshman year. Um, okay. Which 
it's funny. I was a left mid my whole life, and now I don't even remember the last time I did it. <laughs> That's funny because when we played, I re- I was like, I remember you were you were in the midfield. Yeah. You know, and yeah. So you you started off left mid. Then. Started off left mid, and they had told me when I was when I committed there, they're like, hey, you know, we have a really good senior left back um, who ended up being an All American, Chris Hessridge. Okay. Great player. Uh, but they're like, once he graduates, you know, that spot could be up for grabs. Um, funny enough, my academy coach, Larry Sunderland, always had told me, he's like, hey, if you, if you ever want to make it professional, you will be a left back. Wow. And I always thought he was nuts. So I'm like, I, but that was at the times where I was, you know, only left mid, only left, left yeah, winger. Sure. Um, so then for him to say that, and then fast forward a couple of years to have uh, Todd Yeagley say that, all right, they're both saying this, and they probably know. They probably so, don't do this. So I made the, the, the transition to left back. Um, you know, had ups and downs throughout learning the new position, but sophomore year we won a national championship. Uh, had some big plays in that postseason, which was pretty cool. Um, junior was probably the biggest disappointment because we returned a bunch of starters from our national championship team. Just had a weird year. Um, I think, but we still won the Big Ten tournament, which was which was cool. Cool. And then my senior year was really special. I, I was captain of the team, wow. which again was kind of like an, an emotional little part because that's you, big. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're you, that's awesome. Four years earlier, you're getting told that. You'd be a good D three player, then now you're captain. Now you're captain of IU. See, uh, that's a success story, right? Yeah, you know, for all the kids out there, yeah. I, just look at that, you know. Uh-huh. Which that's cool. Which again, it was. I'm happy too because it wasn't because of the how the type of player I was. It, I think it was because of the type of teammate I was. Okay. Um, which which that meant a lot more to me. Sure. Um, so yeah, that was that was really significant that I was able to do that, and we had a really good year. We, I think we got the number three seed in the tournament. Unfortunately, we lost in the first round. Um, but that was the highest seed we had been since I was at IU. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. National championship, no matter what. Yeah, you can you can, you can walk away and you, you put your put your mark on it. So that's that un- good. that's unbelievable. Yeah, I can only imagine. You know. Yeah. Um, so. W- at what? Let me ask you this: At what point in your at IU did you start sensing that hey, I can I can take this to <laughs> to the MLS? You know, uh, after after my freshman year, I I talked to my coach. This was after the spring of my freshman year. After I played left back for a few months, okay, um, didn't have the starting spot locked up by any means, but I felt good about where I was. Mm-hmm. I, I I still learning the position, um, and I remember I just asked him. I said, "You know, hey, you've been you've been in the league. Coach Mays has been in the league. You know, what do you think my chances are of potentially making it to that next level?" Um, and he's a super honest guy, so yeah. I wasn't worried about him BSing me. Sure, um, I knew whatever he was going to say was going to be, you know, authentic. And it was. He said, listen, I think there's a lot of qualities in your game that definitely translate to the next level. Um, I think you have a lot of work 
lot of work to do. It's definitely not a sure thing where, with some guys, you know if it's a sure thing. Like Eric yeah. Zavaleta, you watch him play like a half of college soccer, and you're like, all right, well, that, that guy's going to be in the MLS. Right. It wasn't a sure thing for me, but the fact that he even said he saw that um, was enough for me. Yeah. Um, so at that point, I, I geared up on, on classes because I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, uh, and this is where the parents come back and play. They're like, all right, hey, that's great, but um, you know, the MLS draft is in December or January. Wow. So I knew I wasn't probably going to be leaving college early. Gotcha. Um, I knew right. that I could still possibly sign homegrown, but even then that would be probably right after my fall season, my senior year. Okay. Uh, so my mindset was to be entering you know, a professional level by January of my senior year. I wanted to be leaving with my degree. You had to be ready. Yeah. Yeah, you want to be ready for that. Because yeah. there's a there's a lot of guys out there that, and there's nothing wrong with it, um, but there's a lot going on in college, and I just I knew I, I wanted to make it a point to to try to get that done, um, and then I knew that by me gearing up on the courses, and getting the hours done, it was going to be correlating with my goals of making it. Okay. Or playing wise. Right. Um, so I knew that if I was taking 18 hours one semester, it wasn't just for nothing. Yeah. It was because, hey, man, there's an end goal to this. Sure. You want to, you know, whether it happens or not, yeah. it, it better damn be done if it does happen. Right. Um, so that kind of at least helped me. Well, you were mentally prepared. I was mentally I mean, prepared and, in, in and a way, you yeah. could say, and you're referencing the school part of it, mm -hmm. but in general, you're mentally preparing to go play. Yeah. Especially, which... You that's important to start doing that early. Yeah, it, yeah, if no way. If you're gonna make it, happen, I mean, it you makes know. the. And it's not to, to lesser the school part of it. Sure. Um, it was more just. I was committing to the idea of me. I was committing to the idea of me leaving college early to play soccer. Exactly. So therefore, if that was what I was committing to, I wanted to make sure I had the degree to come with me. Right. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the way I was I was putting it um, and game planning it. Gotcha. Yeah. So let me ask you this: I, I do a lot of coaching and training um, and mentoring, uh, and a big thing that I stress with the youth players that I'm involved with is being mentally strong. Yeah. Pretty important. And yeah. So I'd like to hear your take on, let's say. The things that are mentally demanding in college and at the pro level, what did you wish you knew as a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old player? The impact of your coach is almost unmatched to how important that is on your mental strength and your mental being in general. Mm -hmm. um, as a 13-year-old, when I was 12 or 13, I, that was the first time I lost confidence as a soccer player. And it was 100% because of my coach. Gotcha. Which is, that's fine. It is the way it is. But my coach got in my brain, and it messed with me. Right. Probably two years. Okay. Um, and eventually, I did make a switch to a different team, which I'm not advising that. It's the, the answer is not to... The end you should run. Yeah, it's right, not the right, way right. you figure okay. things out. Okay. Um, 
and I, I, I wrote it out with, with, with that with that for, with that club for a while. Um, then eventually, a group of us, my buddies, we all decided to go to a different team, and it was like New Era. Yeah. Um, and then, but it, the coaching, the coach is so significant in your life, and especially as you get older. Like in college, your your coach kind of determines your college experience. Yeah. And then as a professional, he determines your your job. Right. He determines your how much money you make. Um, yeah. And as a soccer player, you have three hours a day to. That's your job. You have three hour practice or whatever it is. Yeah. Ten to two. Yeah. Nine to nine to two. Um, and if you're not sharp up here. Because you're worried about what that guy or that girl is thinking. Yeah. Uh, that's a big, big weight. That's a big effect. Okay. Um, so it's almost like I. I think sometimes people know that, but it's still hard to hard to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're you're struggling. Let Let me get this straight. I'm hearing that you struggled with confidence a little bit. At 12, 13 years old, because of the coach. Mm-hmm. How did you handle that, and then kind of like move yourself out of that, out of that situation? <clears throat> I had good. I think. I think when I eventually got away from the situation, it did help. Yeah. Because um, when you're at that age, you're kind of still so innocent, and you know, only takes a few good things to like be back to normal. Right. Um, so I think that was mainly that, and then and then I started, yeah, I just I started becoming pretty good. I mean that that helps too. Progress. Uh huh. Sure. I mean, be, becoming a better player will certainly help with your confidence. Right. Um, and I was kind of growing. I was growing up. I was, I was, uh, I was certainly more athletic than almost everyone, which helped a ton. Okay. Um, being athletic makes soccer a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was left-footed, so it's like little things that I was kind of, I guess, catching breaks on, but it was making me unique to the other players, mm-hmm. which gives you confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, from there on, I was pretty, I was pretty solid for a long time. Uh, you know, IU, of course, there were ups and downs, mm-hmm. um, but that was more just because it meant so much. To Right. As a twelve and thirteen year old, it didn't mean much to you. You just want to play. Yeah. Uh, you don't really. It's not like it matters that much. Sure, sure. But in college, it's like, dude, I'm. This is a full full time job. Um, I want to do good here. Yeah, I want to yeah. be good. Yeah. I just don't want to be on the field. I just want to. I'm fully invested. Now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So at um, this age, you know what fully invested really means. Totally. You know, and you want to make the best of it. Yeah, and I. Uh, man, I. There's a serious grind. There's a, there's a serious mental attitude you need to have, and I think a lot of college athletes would tell you to to get through all the demands of that. Right. Um, and more so than the guy that plays every game, it's the guy that doesn't play once. Right. In four years. Sure. Those are that's mental strength. Yeah. Um, because that dude's doing just as much work as everyone else, and he doesn't even get to show. Doesn't get to show it. That's a great point. Um, so, the mental game—it's—it's it's so important uh, that you. We could probably talk about it for 
months. Sure. Um, but in terms of biggest impact, I think at the college and professional level is your coach. Mm -hmm. I'd say now looking back on my answers, I think maybe more important in the adolescent years is your parents. Right. Um, I would. I think that's probably more accurate because your coach when you're 12 or 13, like whatever the guy man or woman is going to play you or not play you but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's 12 year old soccer right um, so let me ask you this you're, you get signed with the fire yeah when when did this happen uh, when, when exactly did that happen this happened on so my senior year we lost the first round of Xavier right and like I don't know November something and then there was just this gross month where I just didn't know what was going to happen. Because um, I had a good senior year. So yeah. I was like, all right, well, trying to figure out what age I'm going to have. Uh, combine lists are coming out, but since I'm a homegrown, um, you know, I, I'm technically still locked from that. So I'm still like under the fire's uh, ownership. Sure. Um, Signed with an agent, great dude, Corey Gibbs. He's pretty confident that the fire gonna sign me. My coach is Todd Yeager is pretty confident that the fire gonna sign me. Everyone's pretty confident that they're gonna sign me. Me, I don't trust I'm until I hear until it signs something, I, I'm not believing anything. Um, and then sure enough, I get the call early December that the fire gonna sign me homegrown. By far one of the coolest and I was at IU when this happened. It was like it's so cool. Um, so I, I knew instantly that no matter what, I was signed with a team. Um, this meant I would not be going to the combine, which takes pressure off. Takes pressure off for sure. Okay. Because a lot of guys go to the combine, they don't get signed. Right. So that worry was out of the way. Right. Um, I still think always, who knows if you go to the combine and light it up, what could have happened? Right. Uh, but I don't, it, I got to be a fire homegrown signing. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, in terms of that pressure, that, you know, the pressure now was just to perform during preseason, mm -hmm. but the pressure to have to go to the combine, get drafted by a team, try to make the team as a college, you guys coming out of college, the success rate isn't too great there. Exactly. So that was nice that I didn't have to worry about that. Right. Well, tell me about your time at the fire. That had to be, I mean, that moment yeah. had to be incredible. I mean, it's everything you've been working towards, right? Yeah, that was that was super special. Um, a lot, a lot of just really. I mean, I would I had been driving to Toyota Park for like seven years <laughs> up to that moment, right? Thinking about that, right? Um, because you can't not think about it. Right. You're practicing right next to it. Right. Um, so that was, it's just a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a ton of emotions. Uh, a sense of fear, I think, hits you. Um, definitely a sense of pride. Uh, I remember John Dorn, who was my, our fire academy director, a great mentor and friend of mine, He's the one that faxed over or sent over my contract. So I was like, this is it's just cool that it's coming full circle. Now I'm going to be a first teamer for the fire. That's incredible. Um, That's awesome. And then the next three years, it was, it was 
so many good moments, a lot of moments that I wish went differently. Um, but I got I, I had some pretty special some pretty special moments though, which was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you were to give three pieces of advice to parents out there that have kids, 12, 13, 14 years old, what what would you recommend to these parents as these these kids are uh, developing, looking to play in high school, looking to play in college, potentially trying to become professionals? As a professional, what would what would you advise some of these parents? I already harped on it a little bit. Right. Uh, you gotta let the kid. Drive the bus. You have to. Yeah. It's just essential. Yeah. Um, and you'll know. You'll know if the kid wants to do it or not. Right. There's a difference between someone being lazy or someone really not liking it. Um, so that's definitely number one. Number number two is I would. I would say do whatever you can to just stay out of the coach's business. Sure. Um, which seems silly to me that that's even has to be addressed, but seems like a common issue. Yeah. In general, it's and I hope I don't end up being that guy because that would be pretty embarrassing that I'm saying that now, <laughs> and I'm sure it's a lot harder when you're a parent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm just so grateful that my parents, no matter what, they they just. They never intervened, no matter, even when I was 12 and 13 playing for the, the guy that... You didn't mess that, that, yeah, that yeah. lost. And I can't imagine what it's like for them to see their kid losing confidence. Right. Um, but for them to never cross that line and to only support me and not get involved with that was great because that happens a lot. And all it does is make it worse for the kid. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just, it just is so automatic. Absolutely. And the, the kids' friends know, the kids' friends' parents know. Yeah, it's a messy situation. Coaches know, and yeah. it's just, there's no good that can come from it. Sure. Of course, there's times where a parent will have to intervene. Right. And I'm not going to tell, you tell anyone to do differently. Yeah. But if it comes, if it's something... Not significant, which I think everyone will know what's significant and what's not. Um, the more you can stay away from doing that and just support your kid, the better. Um, and three, I would just say, uh, I mean, I think what my parents always did a really good job at was they would be super honest with me. Okay. Maybe my mom thought I was a little bit better than I was. <laughs> Um, As mom's tend thanks, to do. Thanks, mom. And my dad, too. But for the most part, they they kept me pretty level-headed. Gotcha. Um, and that's one thing I'm happy about. I don't, I don't think I ever gave off that vibe that people were like, ah, oh, dude, he thinks he's, he's so great. Right. Maybe it happened, and I don't know that. Right. But I think for the most part, that didn't happen. Yeah. And that came from my parents. Um because they weren't telling me anything that wasn't, they weren't telling me I was, they, they were making me feel good about myself, but to the right level, right. where I never got too high. Sure. Um, and that happens a lot with kids. Yeah, I, and keeping it practical, that, that helps the kid realize like, there's work to be done. Totally. Too. You know, you know what totally. I mean? So I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of 14, 
13, probably 12 year olds out there that that think they're already about to be signed by the club. Sure. Um, and you know, certain enough that some of them will be. Sure, sure. Um, but that's not the point. The point is, as a parent, you you want your kid to be a reflection of what you're teaching them. I I think. Right. And my parents always just, hey, you're out there, you're you're playing a team sport. Yeah. So you got to be a good teammate. Yeah. No matter how well you're doing, always be a good teammate. Um, and just know your strengths and, and what you want to work on, but don't ever. It's the same for everything. If you think you're better than you are at it, then probably not going to end up being successful at it. Right. And there's something to be said about being super confident. I'm all for that. Yeah. But only a few people can be that confident, that arrogant, because they're that good. Right. The rest of us have a limit. Um, and I find it I find it best when those when those kids realize that from their parents because if they know that they're not anything they know they're not the next gift to the game at age fourteen, that's a good thing. Yes. Because they're gonna keep working to be that. Right. And that's really all you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well dude, thanks <laughs> thanks for uh hanging with me today. That was I really fun. appreciate the time, man. Sorry if I repeated myself a bit there. It's all good. Alright. It's all good. Right on. Alright, man. I know you got a game to catch. Thank you, sir. Big men's league game tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.